0: Well, good morning and first of all I must honour the presence of Jesus here this morning. It is so strong and it is so powerful and we had a word from one of our intercessors who felt that the Lord was saying before the service this morning that the switch is on and the switch is is on. The switch is on in his presence, the switch is on with his power, the switch is on with the Holy Spirit and this morning I want to encourage you just to start tapping into that. We've had a wonderful time of worship but it's not over and I feel that the Lord is calling us to enter Intimacy this morning, I feel that He's calling us to a greater intimacy. This morning, and I feel that He is restoring. He wants to heal. There is such a healing atmosphere this morning. And I feel that He wants to heal relationships, He wants to heal lives, He wants to heal hearts, and also He will heal any part of your physical body that needs healing. But right now, I want you to stay in His presence as we move into the message this morning. I could preach forever, <laughs> but I can't, so we need to keep going. So, we have had had a wonderful time in our Love One Another series and I know I've been enjoying it and I know you have too because we've had such a great time connecting through our um, through our home-based uh, uh, our online groups and also through our Bible studies and just sharing with each other is so important and look it doesn't matter how long you've known the Lord. It doesn't matter whether you've known Him all your life or whether you met Him this morning. He wants to speak to you and He wants to reveal Himself to you. And one of the greatest ways in which He reveals Himself is in relationship with each other. So this morning we're moving on in our Love One Another series and. Uh, we're going to have a look at an area that we haven't spoken about much for quite a long period of time, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective. So let's begin with what Pastor Matt shared last week when he started to speak to us about mutual submission. And I hope you enjoyed that. And if you missed it, I'd love you to go back and have a look at that message because there was so much in that and so much that we can continue to draw upon. But this is what he said. He said, to be mutually submitted means to show love toward the other person without compromising your identity in Christ, your role, your purpose and responsibility to honour them. And as I said, go back and have a look, but there's a lot that that speaks about. But above all, it speaks about relationship. And above all, it means honouring other people and honouring Jesus in our relationships. So to be mutually submitted is a very, very important concept. And part of being mutually submitted to each other involves forgiveness. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. So as we all know, we all need connection. And isn't it great now in Melbourne to be able to connect again? There should be such joy in our hearts this morning and I know that there is and joy across our city this morning after several months now of being in lockdown. It is a fantastic, wonderful answer to prayer. So I encourage you to enjoy that and enjoy the opportunity now to make connections that are able to be made right now. But as we know well, we all need connection. And having lived in a city which has been in lockdown has really demonstrated that to us, I think, in a way that we may not have been able to recognise before. And uh, God is at work in all situations, even those that are very challenging. And we've actually learnt other ways to connect. We've learnt how to connect online. We've learnt how to connect in many different ways. And in some ways, I think that we've actually learnt to connect in a deeper way even though we've been separated. So I'd encourage you to keep connecting with us in all of those opportunities. So, how many at times have felt the anguish of broken relationships? I'm sure we all have. How many have felt the anguish of the desire to reconnect with someone or reconnect with a community? That desire, you know, where families are divided, to see that reconnection and to see a community that has been fractured, reconnected and healed. I think we all feel that, don't we? And how many times would you like to be the person who actually intentionally lives a life from a kingdom culture which has the power to bring change in your life? This is what we are talking about. We are talking about here, about living out of a kingdom culture in which there is the power of God, the power by his Spirit to see things change. And that's what I want to really emphasise right now. And we spoke about this, we've spoken about the power of Holy Spirit, but he is the change agent. So let's start with that point and just stand on that point before we go any further. So God offers the world his forgiveness – through Jesus and Jesus teaches and demonstrates what it means to what God can only describe as the greatest gift that God has given us and the greatest gift that we can offer to those around us. This is what a fractured relationship looks like. This is what a fractured community looks like but Jesus has offered us all forgiveness in him and God offers the world through Jesus and Jesus demonstrates and teaches what it is like to live out of that place, what it means to be forgiven and then to be able to forgive others. So let's begin here. How does it all work? Well, forgiveness is offered to us. God initiated that. He offered his forgiveness to us, the greatest gift we could have had. Forgiveness is received by us through our acceptance of Jesus and his free gift. We know that. Forgiveness is given by us then through our response to Jesus, our love for Jesus and his love for others. And this is what we're speaking about this morning. So a heart change in a human being to enable forgiveness is a major thing. It's the work of God and it is the work of his spirit. He can change hearts, he does change hearts. But there's another angle and another perspective and it's this. When God changes your heart towards another person, he gives you his heart of love for that other person. He gives you his heart of love for that other person. And that is what changes everything. That is what changes everything. It doesn't mean that there may not have been significant or may not need to be significant issues to deal with, but it does mean that forgiveness is always possible always possible. That is the power of God. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what we have been given. We have been forgiven to forgive. Now you might be thinking right now, I'm not so sure about that, <laughs> depending on where you're coming from right now, what you've been through. So stay with me now and let's have a look at this from a number of different angles that I'm going to share with you this morning. The first is this, there is a supernatural joy in receiving God's forgiveness it is the most joyful thing that we can experience when you stop and think how good God is when he has forgiven you and I of all of those things because we are not perfect He has offered his forgiveness, everything that comes into it. He has set us free. He has healed us. He has opened up his heart of love to us. He has opened up his kingdom to us. That's something to be joyful about. And there is joy in recognising and thinking about that. And sometimes I think it's a great thing to think about that every morning when you wake up. That joy that we have waking up know that you are forgiven you are free you are a child of God you are reconciled to your father in heaven you are free to live in the power and the authority of his kingdom and all of those things that he has called you to do that is a wonderful thing that's a wonderful place to start and joy of course our joy in being forgiven actually creates the heart in us the heart attitude that opens us up to forgive others it comes from that place of joy When we're joyful, it opens up our heart. When we're joyful, our heart starts to flow. When we're joyful, the love of God starts to flow through our heart. Joy, of course, is an emotion, but it is also a gift of Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural thing. And being forgiven is a supernatural experience as we encounter Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? It's a supernatural experience. There is joy now in being able to come to Father as we have heard. There is joy now in being able to let go of hurts and offences. There is a joy to let go of the memories and the desire for revenge. You don't have to carry that anymore when we offer forgiveness. It's gone. There is joy in the freedom of living in a Kingdom culture In which connection is based upon valued people and valued relationships and that is what we are speaking about that is the culture of the kingdom that is God's way and we can step into that we can walk in that and I'm so so enthusiastic about this Jesus came to reveal a kingdom he came to reveal the kingdom that we live in, the kingdom that we operate in, the kingdom which is our inheritance, and the Word of God says that it is our inheritance. So that's what we're talking about here. So let's keep going. I'm getting fired up here. So <laughs> the recognition of our own love for Jesus, sorry, the recognition of our own need for forgiveness is a motivation to love. Now let's look at why this is. Here we have Jesus in Luke chapter 7 verse 47. Let's think about this scene. We have Jesus at the house of Simon the Pharisee. Jesus was invited to dinner and Jesus went to dinner. And what happened? Simon was a Jewish leader. So a woman who was known to be sinful, it's thought that it was Mary Magdalene, but it may not necessarily have been. This woman came and entered the house, fell at the foot of Jesus, worshipped him, poured the most expensive oil over his feet. She honoured him in a way that he had not been honoured by his host when he entered the house. And Jesus pointed that out. Jesus had just finished telling Simon a story. And it's a story about two people who had a debt. One was a large debt, one was a small debt. And he was saying to Simon, Who do you th- think would have the most joy? The one who was forgiven of the large debt? or the small debt. And Simon said the large debt, because that's what our natural mind thinks. So Jesus was trying to show the Pharisee and those who were there the way of God's kingdom. He was talking, showing what forgiveness is, and then he was pointing to Mary, and this is what he said. She has been forgiven of all her many sins, and they would have all known what they were, She would have not have come into the company of Jesus, I don't think, if she also had not forgiven those who would have used her, those who would have condemned her and pointed the finger at her and judged her because that is what the Pharisees did. If she was harbouring unforgiveness in her own heart towards those who have judged her, I'm not sure she would have come into that house. But you see what happened? She came to Jesus and her eyes were on Jesus and only Jesus... That's all, Jesus was all she saw, all she knew, all she cared about. And Jesus then said, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine being in that room, sitting there and hearing Jesus say this? She has been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me much love. Extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. So how would we feel if we heard Jesus say that? So Jesus is also saying something else here. He's saying here that when we recognise how much we have been forgiven, our love for Jesus flows out of that. He's saying he's involved. He is involved in our forgiveness. He's involved in our receiving it. He's involved in our giving it. And love for him is important. It's important that we love him. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't important. So he said a lot in those two or three sentences. He's speaking about our love for him, which is important, and our love for him because of the forgiveness that he brought to all of us and our love for him when we recognise our need of him and that we all have sinned. See, Mary had eyes for Jesus only. Imagine her joy now being set free. Imagine her joy in that moment of not having to worry anymore about the condemnation that she would have faced, the the entanglements that she would have been involved in, the life that she had, she is free from. And she's found the one who she could follow. She's found the one who could set her free from that life. Imagine her joy. She would be absolutely, I'm sure, it would have just flown out of her in so many ways. I said flown out of her, but I think flown is probably not a bad word <laughs> because what comes out of us does touch others, doesn't it? So what is Jesus saying here? The Pharisees are taught that following the law and keeping the rules was all that was needed. They thought that was all that they had to do and therefore those who didn't keep the rules, they were able to condemn. And Jesus is saying, no, there's another way who is forgiven much, loves him much. Jesus was highlighting the place of love. So the Bible shows us in Romans 3.23 that we have all sinned, all of us, and are in need of the glory of God. And we heard that round the communion message, didn't we? So what we understand from that is that we are all in need of Jesus. We are all in need of his forgiveness. And when we recognise that, reflect upon that, we can't help but love the one who has forgiven us. We can't help but love the one like Mary who has set us free. We can't help not love the one who has paid the price for us. So what's all this to do with mutual submission? You may be thinking, well, it's all about loving Jesus and loving one another and honouring them as he does. This is what we're talking about here, as distinct from the way the Pharisees thought where they would condemn somebody. They would condemn someone who fell short. And God does not condemn you. He does never condemn you. He always says, come, there is a way. And I think this morning he wants to say that to some people who are listening. Those of you who maybe have been feeling condemned or have that voice telling you, Jesus wants to set you free from that this morning that you would listen to that voice no more, that you would hear his voice that loves you. So it's recognising your total need of Jesus that releases your love towards him and brings the greatest freedom in your life. And that includes the freedom to love. Now we've all heard some amazing stories of Christian leaders and people in our own midst who have Come to Jesus who have led a life that wasn't the life that Jesus wanted and they have amazing stories and amazing testimonies that we've heard of how Jesus has changed their life. But what I want to say to you this morning is this. You have your own story. You each have your own story and no story is greater in God's eyes than any other story. We may have different callings but we all are in that same place of needing that forgiveness and being able to release it. So I want to encourage you this morning that if you are struggling to forgive, God has made the way through. So let's keep going. So let's have a look at this. Healing, forgiveness and love are connected through our relationships. So let's dig into this a little bit. So how are they connected? We all have experienced in relationship difficulties where healing is needed and that can often be for everybody involved. So what comes first? for you and I this morning in being able to forgive? In relationships, what comes first? Does forgiveness bring healing to us or maybe to others and then enable us to forgive? Or does forgiveness enable us or others to love, which then brings healing? Which way is it? Or does love bring healing and then forgiveness? Does it work that way? See, it depends upon which perspective we're looking at. What I want to say to you this morning that these are all valid perspectives because we are so interconnected relationally that there is no one way. We are all interconnected with each other and with God, so let's press in a bit more. This is why our relationships with each other are so important. God has designed his body in such a way that his healing can flow through connected relationships. And I've experienced that myself where things may have happened in your life and and, uh, God's healing just flows through the relationships of people you are connected with. You may have no idea what God is releasing through you when you honour another person relationally. Sometimes it can be a longer point and longer process, of course, to reach that point. And uh, I'm not trying to minimise some of the things that people may have gone through. But I am saying that what God wants you to know this morning is that reaching that point of being able to let go, let go, release others from their debt to you as Jesus has released you, brings you the freedom that Jesus won for you on the cross at Calvary when he released you from your debt to God. We've recently seen in our city an example of an amazing ability to forgive. And you may have seen this on the news. There was a a couple whose son schoolboy son was murdered by a gang of youths and they publicly said they forgive and they spoke about their faith. Now that takes a lot to do that but you have to know that that is God enabling them to do that. It's their faith and their walk with God that enables them to do that. So the truth is that it's a decision first and then the heart follows and someone that I was very close to, I saw them accept Jesus into their lives And I saw over time as Jesus healed their lives, I saw healing in family relationships around this person and I saw Jesus bring them into a place of complete forgiveness and uh, a restoration of previously broken family relationships. This is what we want to see. This is what we want to see. We want to see lives and families reconnected, relationally connected, where of course that's possible. Sometimes it's not because it may not be safe, of course, or the person may longer be alive, but that does not stop us from being able to forgive because it is between us and God first and foremost. So the question then is not so much who has done the most wrong and therefore who should make the first move, as perhaps the Pharisees might have seen it, rather the question is this, who is going to break the cycle and step out in love with the intent of restoration of relationships and releasing others. Who's going to make the first move to forgive? Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. In that verse, Jesus said this, When you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness to others, your Father withholds forgiveness for you from you. Jesus is saying that forgiveness to others is important to God. Because we have all been forgiven so much, God says we must be willing to forgive. God is involved and prayer is often the first step. So let's land this now. Submitting to one another is purposeful kingdom living. This is what we have been speaking about. The motivation is always love. Love for Jesus and love for others. We're made to be connected. Jesus has shown us the ways of the kingdom. And through our connection, we can find healing. We can find forgiveness. We can find love through connection. To refuse relationship or to refuse to acknowledge another person, to refuse to forgive is simply dishonouring of what Jesus has done for us all. It's as simple as that. So how do we live this out? For some, there may be a need for apology, and we don't have time to go into this this morning. But this book is a great book that you can see here. It actually talks about the languages of apology, how to apologise, what might a person's uh, language be when they receive an apology, because sometimes that is the next step in the process as well. We don't have time to stop on that this morning, but this week, I'd ask you to do this. It's never too late for a new beginning. It's never too late for a fresh start in the ways of the kingdom and honouring Jesus. So this week I'd ask you in prayer, ask Holy Spirit to help you identify anyone who you need to forgive and let him lead you and guide you. What if this morning we choose to live in the fullness of who Jesus is and who he says we are and who he says others are? What if this morning we choose to be quick to forgive, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 4.26, not letting the sun go down on our anger or the desire for revenge? What if this morning we choose to live the lifestyle of the kingdom that Jesus has opened up for us? So I'd love to pray with you as we finish this morning. Lord, we thank you that we are forgiven to forgive. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave us the greatest gift at the greatest price that you could have paid. Thank you that we are free to forgive others, that we don't need to live bound by the past, bound by hurts, bound by offences. And, Lord, I ask right now that you would just touch hearts, touch homes right now, Let your healing flow right now. Let us see things from another perspective. Let us see things your way. Let us choose to live this morning in the ways of the kingdom. Let us choose this morning to be forgiving people because, Jesus, you have forgiven us of so much. And, Lord, it's a hard attitude of gratefulness and love, not condemnation, that, Lord, we love you. We love you because of everything you are, all you have done. And, Lord, we love others because you love them. And we love others because you give us your heart for others. So I'm going to hand over to Sam now and I'd encourage you just in these moments, just ask Holy Spirit to show you, is there anyone or anything that you can let go of?